0: Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com.
1: Welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Slattery. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I am called to help God's children live in freedom because we absolutely cannot be all that we were created to be, and we cannot fully embrace all that Christ calls us to do when we're living enslaved to fear. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you've probably Joined us in our discussions as we've talked a lot about different types of fear fear of failure, fear of rejection, insignificance, exposure, and how they can defeat, derail, and enslave us. We've also looked at practical ways to address each fear and how to take steps towards freedom. Well, today we're kind of taking a step back. We're going to be looking at all of those things and more, all of those things that trigger anxiety and hinder our calling, but from a broader lens, and more importantly, from a place of victory. So I hope that through this episode, God will stir within you a desire to fight and to keep on fighting until he's conquered one of your, our most relentless enemies. And that's fear. Today, we're going to muster the courage not only to stand firm in our empowered and victorious position in Christ, but to actively advance against those inner battles that try to render us helpless. We are not helpless. We are far from helpless. No matter how fierce your anxiety, no matter how defeating and overwhelming your thoughts, greater is he who is in you, Jesus Christ, than anything that comes against you, your own thoughts included. You, my friend, are a warrior. We are warriors. If you belong to Jesus, you are purchased, equipped, and trained by the host of heaven's armies. That is our position. That is who we are. We simply need to learn to live in that reality, in everything that Christ created us to be, in everything that he has given us to to empower us in that journey. A while ago, I was talking with a woman who has been battling fear and anxiety for a while, and she feels completely defeated, completely enslaved. Like it occupies her every thought and all of it's stolen so much from her. And she feels like she just doesn't have the power to fight against it. Her thoughts just feel too strong. And I get it. I I understand that feeling. And I've shared in the past how in 2011, it was like a piece of my brain broke. And my OCD rose up really strong. It just became a fierce force within me. And I felt like I was unable to fight against it. And I tried, believe me, I tried. And I would pray and I would sing praise songs and I would recite scripture and I would speak it out loud and I would meditate on it and I would try to practice self-care tools. Like I would go for a walk or do something physically active or or exercise regularly. All of those things that were supposedly going to bring me peace or help me battle my anxiety. And it felt like they were not working. It just felt like everything going on internally was just too strong. I felt powerless to fight against my thoughts. And, and it seemed like no matter how hard I tried, I wasn't gaining any footing. But I just kept kept going. I believed, I chose to believe that God had called me to freedom. I chose to believe that if he called me to freedom, that he would give me the tools to grab hold of it. And so I just kept walking, even though it looked like I was getting nowhere, even though it felt like I was getting nowhere, I just kept on fighting. And about maybe six months later, I started to notice changes, not huge, but little changes. I started, my fears didn't seem quite so Powerful or pervasive. And then a year later, I noticed more changes. And over time, I became stronger and my anxiety diminished. And now it's been about eight years since that really difficult time period. And you know, I still battle. I still battle anxiety, but man, has the intensity decreased. And sometimes, I don't feel anxious at all. I couldn't have said that in 2011. Now I have a lot more peace, a lot more peaceful moments than I do anxious moments. And when my anxiety does emerge, it doesn't consume me like it once did. And it doesn't stick around for nearly as long because I've learned how to fight. I've learned how to engage In the battle. And this is a battle, one many of us unfortunately have simultaneously overestimated and underestimated. So we overestimate the battle in thinking that our fears will win, that what's going on internally, that all our anxious thoughts are more powerful than our resurrected, victorious Savior who resides within us. But we also underestimate our power in Christ. And we underestimate the tenacity and persistence of this battle. We think if we think we'll find victory in a pill, or if we go to therapy for maybe six weeks, maybe seven weeks, or if we say the right affirmations, or if we maybe pray the right prayers. And if we do that thing, or, or maybe even do all of those things for a month or maybe even tops if we're feeling really diligent for a year. And then, bam, we're going to experience the peace that surpasses understanding that Scripture promises And in reality, we may need to do all those things. We may need to address something going on physically. We probably do need to address whatever is going on mentally, our thought processes. We do need to address our spiritual selves. We need to look at all of those areas, but probably for a lot longer than we'd like to anticipate. And here's what often happens. We'll be experiencing fear. We'll be experiencing anxiety. And maybe we'll hear somebody say, okay, you just need, you need to pray, pray this verse and, and you'll get better or whatever. Or scripture will say, you know, take your thoughts captive, make them obedient to Christ or be anxious about nothing and everything by prayer and petition, present your requests to God and then you'll have peace. And so we, believing that, we're like, okay, I'm going to say this verse or I'm going to turn to Christ. And in that moment, It doesn't seem to help. Like, we don't feel any better. We're still feeling anxious because we forget that it takes time. It's not like we're going to all of a sudden experience transformation in that one blip of time. God deals with our whole self, and it's a process. As we lean deeper into Him, and as we keep walking, keep practicing all of these things, keep putting all of these tools into place... Bit by bit, we do gain freedom and the peace that surpasses understanding. But the longer we've been enslaved to fear, the longer we've trained our minds and our hearts to embrace anxious, faulty thinking, the stronger those thoughts have become, the stronger that anxiety has become, and the harder it'll be to break them. So consider this episode your battle cry consider it your call to arms your your call really to victory yes god will grant us supernatural faith and the strength to overcome scripture promises that but we play a vital role in stepping into victory we have to plant our feet firmly in him and his truth but we also must raise our shields and our swords and we must Advance. Hebrews twelve, one to three, it invites us into not a sprint, not a moment in time, but a marathon. Have you ever ran a marathon? I haven't, and I don't actually think I could. I'd probably if I was really, really lucky and spent some of the time crawling, I could probably maybe make it to the 10 mile mark. And then I would start searching for the nearest lemonade stand if I wasn't completely flat out on my face. They call it hitting the wall for a reason. And that's when you're so exhausted, you're ready to quit. Everything within you says quit. You cannot do this. And And in fact, you feel like you can't even take one more step. And maybe that's where you're at now. Maybe that's how you feel. And if so, hear this. Keep going. Keep pushing, pressing on. I'm going to read that passage to you now. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. And it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and that points back to Hebrews 11, everything that was developed in that chapter, Let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. And when we're consumed with fear, we have probably shifted our focus off of three crucial areas, off of Jesus, who he is, and the price he paid to redeem us, the power that we have in him. We've shifted our focus off of the cross, again, the price that he paid in everything, all the victory he won for us when he died on the cross and rose again. And we have Shifted our focus off of eternity, off of our sure destination, and we've become overly consumed in today. And I get it, it that things that come against us can be terrifying, so I don't want to diminish that. But they are nothing compared to the joy that is coming, and we rest secure in the victorious Savior. Now this passage that I just read it was written to men and women who were experiencing persecution and who, and who knew that they would experience even more persecution. They were probably losing their jobs. So yeah, they were experiencing the fear of financial insecurity and they probably some of them had lost their homes. So they their stability, they fe- felt probably like they'd lost their security. And I'm sure they lost a lot of friends and family members who turned away, who who ended the relationship when these people turned to faith in Christ, because that happened often. People were were getting shut out of their faith communities when they made a commitment to Christ. But they were probably also, I'm sure some of them were actually losing friends and family members to death who who were tortured for the sake of Christ and these people could easily lose their lives themselves can you imagine the fear like i'm sure they were mothers i'm sure they were fathers and and husbands and wives and sisters and daughters and to know not only could you be beaten imprisoned and killed but your child could be beaten imprisoned and killed for The sake of Christ for their faith in Christ. Can you imagine just the urge to hide that had to well up within, to quit and do whatever was comfortable, whatever was safe? We can do that, can't we? We can, our fears can tell us, you know, it's too much of a risk to share your faith with that person. It's too much of a risk to share your struggles with that group of people. It's too much of a risk to launch that ministry. It's too much of a risk to go back to school now. What if you fail? It's too much of a risk to have that hard conversation. What if you lose your relationship And so we kind of hide and and we pull back into this sense of mediocrity of, of doing what is comfortable, whatever feels safe, and we stay stagnant. But the author of the passage that I just read urged them and us to keep running, to strip off everything that hindered their progress, that hindered their effectiveness, that hindered their growth and relationship of Christ, their expression of, of the gospel within. Fear is perhaps the greatest hindrance to our callings. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of exposure, fear of the unknown. But we've been called to victory. In fact, our victory's already been won. Like the ancient Israelites who were called to enter the promised land, a place of rest, a place of abundance, a place of provision and intimacy with God. We have already, we already possess the victory, but the Israelites, they refused to enter God's place of rest out of fear. And you can read about this if you want to go, we don't have time now, but if you want to go and just read about that in Deuteronomy chapter one, it shows, it recounts their, really their failure to trust. And as a result, instead of entering the land of freedom, of abundance and grace, they listened to their fears over their Redeemer. They refused to move into the abundance he'd provided and they spent the rest of their lives wandering in the desert. Their fears hurt them and it hurt them. Their kids. Their kids had to wander around for 40 years in the desert as well. It hurt their nation and it hindered their relationship with God. And similarly, our fears, when we indulge them, they hurt us. They hinder our relationships with others and with Christ and they hurt those we love. They can keep us from experiencing the fullness of God. This is a battle. And in order to win, we have to engage. We have to be strategic. We have to be prepared. We have to be empowered. And we need to persevere. I'm going to say that again. We have to be strategic. We have to be prepared. We have to be empowered. And we need to persevere. We need to be strategic. We need to look at all of the components, whether it's taking our thoughts captive, seeing, seeking therapy, dealing with past wounds, linking arms with others. We need to be diligent about what we take in. When ISIS was just beginning to, to really show up on the world scene, my Facebook feed was filled with the most horrific images. And when I would turn on the news, it seemed like the news was filled with the most horrific Horrific, sensationalized images and clips and reports. And I found myself growing increasingly anxious. And I had to take a step back. I had to shut down my computer. I had to stop watching the news. I could not maintain my peace while taking in all of that chaos. And simultaneously, I had to build within me truth. I had to eliminate those things that stole my peace while building in, while incorporating things like reading scripture and praying and listening to praise music and going to church and, and surrounding myself with other followers of Christ, other warriors in order to increase the peace within me. It was, I needed to simultaneously do both things and we need to watch who we're listening to. We see the importance of this in the biblical story I referenced earlier. So God had shown the Israelites his power over all of creation. Again and again, he'd overpowered the Nile River, the sun, the full Egyptian army. But when faced with another challenge, the Israelites forgot. One person grew afraid. They started spewing their anxiety to whoever would listen. We kind of do that, don't we? And soon the entire camp was a terrified mess. It's so easy to let someone else's fear steal our peace. To get sucked into their drama, whether it's a relational drama, whether it has to do with something going on in the world, it doesn't matter. It's really easy to get sucked into other people's drama. But similarly, the peace and the faith of others can help bolster ours. During the 2008 recession, our family lost a lot of money in stocks. A lot of money. I felt unsettled. I felt frustrated, but I wasn't terribly anxious until I started talking to an overly anxious friend who had also lost a lot of money and was afraid that people were going to be losing jobs. She might lose her job and the economy was basically going to collapse. And as she started talking about what she saw as this inevitable financial collapse, one that would place America back in the throes of the depression, if not worse, my anxiety steadily grew. Though I knew her perception was off. Like logically, I knew she was kind of blowing things way out of proportion and I knew her fear was unf- The extent of her fear was unfounded because I knew God was still in control. Our conversations routinely challenged my peace. And I realized, and, and in those moments, it was too easy for me to forget what Scripture promised again and again, that God retains full control always and that one day love and truth will prevail and goodness will win. And I realized in order to stand firm in those truths, I needed to distance myself. From influences that threatened and knocked me off my feet. So, like I said, I stopped watching the news. I couldn't change anything I saw anyway. And I, I drastically reduced my time on Facebook. And I was more careful about my conversations and what I engaged in. I, I learned to redirect conversations onto Christ and onto truth. And as I did, my anxiety started to decrease. And my faith steadily increased. Like I said, this is a battle. And to fight this battle well, we need to be cautious who we're seeking strength from and comfort from. So who do you listen to? Are you listening to those who point you to Christ and remind you of truth? Who are you venting to? Are you venting to those who, as you share your hurts and your struggles and your fears and your anger, whatever it is, that point you to truth and, and self-analyzation and to prayer and to Christ, or who kind of pile on by agreeing with whatever you're going to say and by adding their own drama to, to yours, what you already are, are wearing? To win this battle, we need a battle plan. One that addresses our whole self. Like I said earlier, our physical, our mental, emotional, and our spiritual sides. Leaving one area unattended is like building a fortress with only three walls. That doesn't make sense. And if you are really fighting this battle, and if you want to fight it well, I encourage you to join. I have a private Facebook page. You can find it if you go to my website, Jennifer Slattery Lives Out Loud. I have a page on my website that says Faith Over Fear, and on that page, you will find links to various resources, including a printable calendar with a daily challenge. It's a, it's a 10-week daily challenge, and we have a private Facebook group connected to that. You'll find a link to join our group where we are going to come together. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to share our struggles through the lens of, cra- of grace, through the lens of victory. So when we vent, we're going to point each other's to Christ, And we're going to encourage one another to stand firm, to, to rally our inner warrior, as I like to call it. So we need to be strategic. We also need to persevere. The war, this war we fight will be won through the victory of a thousand smaller battles. So this means we need to keep fighting. But here's the good news. It also means that one lost battle that doesn't necessarily mean defeat. Rather, it's a chance to redirect our efforts, to lean deeper into Christ, and to keep on fighting. We need to be prepared. So, we need to be strategic, we need to persevere. And we need to be prepared. We need to be well-trained and well-armed. Ephesians six ten to 17 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Stand strong in the Lord. Strengthen yourself in Christ. Rely on His strength. Learn to turn to Him so that yielding becomes our default stance. Unfortunately, many of us have become adept at the opposite of relying on ourselves and our strength. If only I work harder, I'll get that promotion. If only I say the right thing, I'll save that relationship or maybe change that person. We become adept at relying on our own wisdom. If only I find the right solution, then this calamity won't hit. We rely on our own perception, believing the lie that the storm in front of us has a power to defeat God's anointed and derail his plans for us or our family. Now, I encourage you to check out the Bible study, The Armor of God by Priscilla Shire. She goes through all of the different component to really equip us in this spiritual battle to stand strong in faith. But if I were to paraphrase in a very oversimplified sentence, I'd say you're under attack, always. So prepare to fight and prepare to fight well. We do have a spiritual enemy who wants to distract, dull, defeat, and terrorize us. But as I said earlier, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Satan is already Defeated. Jesus made a mockery of him and all the powers of darkness when he died on the cross and rose again. So that means Satan only has power over us and our thought life and our emotions when we give him that power. So why would we ever do that? Our greatest battles usually aren't external but internal and often. Our greatest battle is our mind, and that's the very part of us that God wants to transform so that we think His thoughts always. The more we think His thoughts, the more we'll mirror His actions and the more secure our footing will be. We, as this passage I just read stresses, we need the belt of truth. This keeps the rest of our armor in place. We have to prioritize. Truth. And often when I'm speaking to women who say their world is falling apart, they almost always, across the board, say the same thing that they don't have time to read their Bibles. They don't really have time to pray, except for those really quick, what I call shout out prayers, like you're running to and from the grocery store, Lord help me. They don't have time to stop and soak in God's presence and to anchor themselves in truth. And as I listen, I'm thinking, girl, You don't have time not to. You are making yourself a casualty to the warfare that's going on in your brain. You're losing time. You're losing energy. You're losing joy and effectiveness. You're losing your impact as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, as an employee. You're likely losing sleep. Just letting your thoughts spin out of control. And you're saying you don't have 10 to 15 minutes a day to equip yourself in supernatural power to read God's powerful, life-changing, faith-fortifying truth? I don't understand that. (laughs) Righteousness is ours. We have righteousness in Jesus Christ. We have the peace in knowing we have been made right with God. The Almighty Creator of all is for us. And the gospel provides footing for all we do. We need the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation. We need to remember that we have those things and we need to learn to use them well. We belong to Christ. We're held secure in him. And no matter what we face today, our destination Is sure we've been redeemed. We're on the winning team. We are not alone. God, the all powerful creator of the universe, who reigns supreme over all our worries and our lives included, is for us, is with us, is standing behind us, and is walking beside us. And then this passage that we read, it talked about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And Scripture is a sword in so many ways. It's our only offensive weapon. With it, we defeat Satan and our fears. God uses it to build us, to encourage us, to change us, and to strengthen us. And finally, we need to keep our feet ready with the gospel of peace. We need to be advancing forward to help others find freedom. When we were contemplating doing foster care. Some of you might know we did foster care for, we, for a couple kiddos. And when I was contemplating it, along with all of my OCD and anxieties, and my concern was that my OCD would rise up and would potentially be hurtful to the children because it's never easy to live with someone who has OCD. And so I really wrestled over this. And my daughter said that my love would take over. And you know, and, 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 and did, my love for those kids, it took over. And even though anxiety rose within me, I was able to say, I'm not going to let it win because this is more important. Well, the gospel is more important, and that's why we must fight. We cannot let our anxiety win. We cannot, even while we're under attack. So this Ephesians 6 passage is talking about warfare. It's talking about arming ourselves with the weapons of warfare. So even while we're under attack, whether that's spiritual attack or in our own minds with our own thoughts, we must never lose sight of our calling. We must never lose sight of eternity. And then finally, that passage says we need to pray. We need to pray always. We need to pray when we're afraid. We need to pray against our anxiety. We need to pray for peace and increased faith. We need to pray for perseverance And we need to trust God to answer, to lead, to strengthen and equip us. We are amply equipped, but we need to learn how to wear our armor. I used to think when I would read that passage, like, how do I do this? How do I visually like put this on every day? And and my view of that passage has changed. It's really immersing ourselves in the deep truths of scripture and everything that scripture provides, everything that God tells us to do in in His Word, in the Bible, that is how we live with all of those spiritual weapons in place. We need to live empowered. And the only way that we can do that, so that's our final step, we need to live empowered. The only way we can do that is by drawing close to Christ and living close to Him. He's our strength. He's our peace. He's our joy. He's our power source. And He is our ever-present help in times of trouble. Psalm 23 is perhaps one of the most quoted passages ever. And it really talks a lot about finding peace in Christ, in our good shepherd. And it's interesting to me that this was written by a man who as a boy single-handedly defeated a nine-foot giant. And, And listen to what he said in this passage. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. So what he was saying is, even though I might face death, I will not be afraid. Not because I'm strong, not because I'm a gifted warrior, not because I personally have defeated all these enemies in the past, but because you, God, my rock, my defender, my redeemer, my fortress are with me. So we need to live empowered and remember that we are empowered already. We're coming from a place of victory and and finally, we need to link arms with other warriors, those who are seeking victory and seeking that victory in Christ. So again, I invite you to join us for the Faith Over Fear Challenge, and I also invite you to join our private Facebook group because we don't have to live enslaved to fear. This is a battle that we can win. So go in peace. Go in Christ's power. And go in faith.
0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, com. Or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. What do you do when your world is falling apart? How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.